If you have your Bibles today, and I hope you do, let's turn to Deuteronomy, the 8th chapter. Deuteronomy, the 8th chapter. And you'll need to put you a bookmark there because we will be going elsewhere uh, for briefly for just a little bit. We'll be coming back to this. But Deuteronomy, the 8th chapter, we'll begin reading here in a few minutes. Now, here we are this Memorial Day weekend, and, and this is a very important holiday and Ted's kind of already talked a little bit about that but not because people get a a day off of work and not because we get to spend time with family and friends which that's always nice when when we get to to uh, spend spend time with uh, our loved one but it's more important because of what it's all about here for just a second I want to go back and, and give you a little history lesson on Memorial Day because I didn't really realize this until I started doing some research. But Memorial Day actually began after the Civil War is, is when it was a, a, a day of recognizing the soldiers that, that fell fighting for what they believed in. And it was originally called Decoration Day. And the families of these fallen soldiers would go out and put flags or flowers or ribbons, something on their grave, uh, some way to bring attention to them for what they had done. And it didn't become, and I didn't realize this either, and I should have remembered this, it didn't become an official holiday until 1967 is uh, when it actually became a, a uh, day that, that was set aside. And the reason why this day is so important is so that we don't forget those who have given their lives in service for this country. America is free because of those that were brave. So... I'm going to give you some statistics now, and I thought Ted was almost going to steal this from me, but thank goodness he didn't. Maybe you realize this, and maybe you don't. But in the American Revolution, we lost somewhere around 8,000 men. In the Civil War, we lost over 490,000 men. In World War I, somewhere, give or take, 53,000 plus. World War II, 291,000 plus. The Korean War, almost 31,000. Vietnam, somewhere around 58,000. And then add the wars and the conflicts that the United States has been involved in since the Vietnam, and we have lost well over 10,000 more servicemen and women, whether they be service or sailors or airmen or Marines or, or sailors or whoever, soldiers. So we, we have this Memorial Day to remember all of those that we lost. Each one of those men and women, and you probably never even thought about this, but each one of those men and women wanted to live their lives the same as you and I do. In other words, they, they probably wanted to raise families, you know, and live in nice homes, raise two and a half kids. I don't know how you raise a half a kid, but two and a half kids is a statistic. You know, they wanted to have a dog. They wanted to have a a cat. 
And they had dreams. They had plans. They had hopes for their future. So we need to honor and remember the servicemen and women who gave their lives for this country because that was, you know, the, the high cost of fighting for freedom. But here's the sad thing. Unfortunately, a lot of folks don't remember. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't even know what Memorial Day is about. That, you know, even though it's a national holiday, too many, you know, it's not about lost lives. It's about getting that extra day off from work. It's about going to the lake and spending time at the lake or backyards barbecue. And the reason I'm telling you that is to say this. It's kind of like, this holiday has been forgotten. The purpose of this holiday has completely been forgotten. But I guess that shouldn't really surprise us whatsoever in this day and time that we live because as I think about these people that don't really realize what Memorial Day is about, I wonder how many people have forgotten who God is and who Jesus Christ is. And so that's kind of what I want to visit with you about today. Is I want you to open your Bibles to... Did I tell you all the 8th chapter of, of Deuteronomy? 8th chapter of Deuteronomy. And let's begin reading in uh, verse 11 is where uh, I want to begin. Y'all got it? Amen? Amen? I want you to look for a couple of things here. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in keeping His commandments and His judgments and His statutes, which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full or satisfied and hast built goodly homes or beautiful homes and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and gold is multiplied or increased, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Then thy heart be lifted up. Be lifted up is become proud. And forget, thou forget, the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, who led thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee or test thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And I say in thy heart, My power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that He may establish or confirm His covenant with which He sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. Now, I want you to keep your Bibles open right there for just a minute. And I simply titled this sermon today, Memorial Day. Now, I really think one of the biggest problems 
that we have in the modern day church and, and one of the major issues that we face is that we forget who God is. We, we forget that God is God. We forget that He is a almighty God. That He is a sovereign God. You know, and not only Almighty, but He is also in control. Now, I know there's a lot of things going on in this world, and a lot of people may doubt that. But I can promise you beyond the shadow of a doubt that God is still in control. He has still got the big picture in mind, and He's got His master plan. Now, we forget also that Jesus is Lord. And that He alone is the way, the truth, and the life. We forget that God's Word is all-powerful. We forget that God's Word is authoritative. And it is through His Word that God not only saves us, but He changes us, He sanctifies us, He matures us, and He transforms us. I want to read you a quote right now. And this is a quote from the late pastor and theologian, and I can't say his name, but it's R.C. Sproul, I think. S-P-R-O-U-L. And this is what he said, and I quote, The majority of Americans claim to be Christian, and only a small percentage claim to be actual atheists. But the truth is, many within the church are functional atheists. In other words, they would never say they do not believe in God, but they live their lives like there is no God. Truly they profess Christ with their lips, but their hearts are for from Him. Unquote. Now, I want you to think about a couple of things here for just a second. First off, atheists do not pray, but neither do functional atheists. Even though they say there is a God, they don't pray. Their behavior doesn't line up with their professions. Atheists don't believe in the authority of God's Word. And, and neither do functional atheists. They might say they believe there's a God. They may say they believe in God's Word, but it doesn't rule their lives. Atheists don't believe in laying up treasures in heaven. And neither do functional atheists. You know why? Because they're too busy acquiring treasures here on earth. In other words, buying all these toys to have fun with. That's what they're worried about. They're not living for God. They're living for themselves and live for today. And functional atheists are no different. So here's the difference. And here you may not realize this between atheist and functional atheist. But atheist believes there's no God. Functional atheists say they believe in God, but their lives really don't show that they do. Basically, the, the functional atheist is doing nothing but hedging his bets. That's what he's doing. Just in case he has become aware of the possibility that there just might be this God and he's aware of the possibility that he might just be real and he's trying to play the odds and cover all the bases. But there's one big major problem with that. 
That's not the way God works. That's not the way Jesus works. Because Jesus don't give us the option of riding the fence. You're either on His side or you're not. You are either for Him or you are against Him. What did Jesus say? He says, those who are not with me are against me. He says, if you were lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. He says, you can't love two masters, for you will either love one and hate the other. All through the New Testament, Jesus makes the distinction. He separates the sheep from the goats. He separates the wheat from the chaff. He says, this is my church, my body, and this over here isn't. You're either on his side or you're not. So basically for the functional atheist, he is someone who has forgotten God. So now we've got to ask the question, what does it mean to forget? What does it mean to forget something or someone. Well, basically it means that that person is not in your thoughts or in your mind. And that happens when other things are in your thoughts and on your mind all the time. Those other things or people have taken the forefront of your line of thinking. It's what you focus on all the time. You've set your minds and your thoughts on it and and your desires for whatever you're thinking about. And and you disregard, you dismiss the thoughts of that other thing or that other person. So that's what it means to forget. And that's exactly what the functional atheist does. Monday through Saturday, the thoughts of God don't ever cross their minds. In other words, they think there are a one day a week Christian. And I hate to bust anybody's bubble, but there is no such a thing. You either are or you're not. It's that plain and that simple. So, So, you know, their Monday through Saturday... And God don't exist. And the thoughts of living for Christ and learning about Christ and loving Christ and worshiping Christ only happens on Sunday. But the rest of the week, their hearts are far from Him. So church, I want you to think about this. Here's the thing. This is something that we all have to be careful about. This is something we all have to be watchful for. You, me, every other Christian out there. Y'all got y'all's Bibles open? Alright, look in verse 11 of Deuteronomy. God says this to His people. He says, beware, or some versions may say, take care lest you forget the Lord your God. In other words, He's saying, be careful that this don't happen to you. Stay on your toes. Take precautions that you're not forgetting God. That's what this says. But then I want you to look at the last part of that verse. Go on to the last part of that verse. God says, take care so you don't forget. And here's how you do that. 
Keep His commandments. Keep His rules. Keep His statutes. How do you forget God? By not keeping His command, His rules, His statutes. He goes on to say, take care that you don't forget God because when this life is good and things are going well, everything's falling into place, you become comfortable, you get content, and when we do that, what do we do? We forget about God. We push Him out of the picture. Now, you'll not be going to Him every morning asking for your daily bread. You will not be going to Him every day praying for whatever needs you have. You'll start believing the lies of some of those pastors that, that are saying that this is the best life you have right now. That that's all there is to it. It don't get no better than this. We use the old adage, heaven on earth. Well, let me tell you a thing or two about a thing or two. In times of plenty, it's easy to take credit for our prosperity. It's easy to take credit for every good thing that's happening in our lives. We feel like our own hard work, our own cleverness has accomplished everything for us that we have. We've done it in our own strength. It's easy to get so busy collecting toys and riches and and trying to manage our, our wealth that God is pushed right out of the picture. That's what we have to be careful about. But here's the thing, folks. It's God who blesses us with abundance. It's God who gives us all the good things that we have and He asks us to manage it for Him. So what I'm telling you this evening is this. Don't forget God in your abundance or what? He will remove His blessings from you. Remember that the most valuable thing you have in this life right now is your relationship with the Lord God Almighty. Or it should be. If it ain't, see me after church and we're going to have a talking. Now, What happens when a person becomes content with the poor substitutes this world offers? Our focus shifts. That's what happens. Instead of our goal being going out and making more disciples for Christ, our goal is maintaining comfort and safety right now. Instead of our goal being to see that more disciples are made, our goal is maintaining what we've got right now. Instead of our goal being to strive toward living for Christ, our goal becomes striving for living for ourselves. You see, here's the thing. All of us are fallen. We are fallen human beings And we're born with an atheistic heart. We're we're born with a tendency to forget God. Now, but if if we go back to our text, go back and look in verse 14, look what, what what the Lord has Moses write, verses 14 through 16, because you'll notice that He reminds them of what He's done for them. 
This is the second way. The first way not to forget about God is by keeping His commands, His statutes, and, and His rules, His laws. The second way God helps us to not forget is we need to remind ourselves of what He's done in our lives. You know, one of the best ways, one of the best ways you can talk to someone about God is simply telling them how good God is and what He's done in your life. I want you to think back of who you were and what you were before you accepted Christ as Savior. You were a miserable individual. And you wouldn't want to share that with anybody. But after you became a Christian and started living for Christ, your whole world transformed. Your whole life changed. It doesn't have to be a whole lot of theological jargon when you start talking to someone. You just simply need to say, this is what God has done for me. I was blind, but now I see. I was an alcoholic. Now I'm free. I was this angry, violent person, but now I have love and peace in my heart. I was promiscuous, but now I'm faithful. I was an idolater, but now I love Jesus. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Goodness gracious, folks. What has God done for you? Has He forgiven you? Has He delivered you? Has He changed you? Has He set you free from your sin? We need to remind ourselves of those things. And we need to share those things with others. So the Lord is telling us the way we don't forget about God is we keep His commands and His statutes and continually to remind ourselves what He's done for us in our lives. And what He has done in history. But I want you to look in verse 17. Deuteronomy 8 verse 17 because we see that He gives us another warning there. He says what? Beware lest you say in your heart. So it doesn't even have to be with your words. All you have to do is say it with your heart. Beware lest you say in your heart. And then what does it say? My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You know what that is? That's the sin of pride. That's the sin of pride right there. That's the sin of saying, I don't need God. I can do this on my own. I can make it on my own. And again, most people would probably never say that, verbalize that, but they say it in their heart. And guess what our lives do? Our lives display what we say and think in our heart. 
Do you know in the New Testament, when it talks about Jesus, it refers to Him 24 times as Savior? But do you realize in that same New Testament that it refers to Him over 600 times as Lord? I want you to think about that. Because functional atheists come from putting themselves on the throne. And I see a lot of people that think they're that way. I see a lot of people that think they are holier than God. I see a lot of people that think they are bigger and mightier than God. I hate to tell them, Jesus is Lord. That's who's Lord. That means He's our Master. That means He's the one that is controlling our lives. He's our ruler. He's our boss. He owns us. He brought us with a price. I want you to turn. Keep your bookmark there in in, in Deuteronomy. Go to Matthew, the 16th chapter, please. Verse 24. Because here's what Jesus says to us. And this is going to bust the bubble a bunch of them people that think they're so high and mighty. Matthew 16, 24. Y'all got it? Amen? Amen. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What that says to me is this. Every day, we need to deny self. Every day, we need to take up our cross and decide who we're going to follow. Because the cross serves one purpose. And that is death. Jesus is saying that we have to die to sin. We have to die to self. We have to take ourselves off of that throne and acknowledge Him as Lord. That's what we have to do. That's what that verse is telling us. Folks, the purpose of Memorial Day is so that we don't forget. We don't forget what it costs to be free. It's different than the 4th of July. You know, Independence Day. That's when we celebrate our freedom. But, but on Memorial Day, we remember what that freedom cost. And it cost a lot of people their lives. But don't think of that taking that one day out of the year is adequately enough to remember. It's not enough. One day out of the year is not enough for anything. What, what if you ate one day out of the year? You would die. What if you only worked one day out of the year? That would be nice. But we would starve to death. You would be homeless. Ah, this is a good one for right now. What if you mowed your yard one day out of the year? If y'all saw my yard right now, you would think that that's what I do.
You know, you'd have an overgrown mess. What if you took one bath a year? If you only took one bath a year, you'd be one nasty, stinky dude. I would hope so. So we know one day it's not enough. We have to continually to remember we're the greatest nation on earth. Now I know some of you may not really believe that. But I'm going to say it like this. I firmly believe that the United States of America has been as successful as it has been as far as its military battles because the hand of God was upon this nation. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe at one time this was a Christian nation. It doesn't look that way now. And we are slipping the wrong way at a very rapid pace. And it scares me to death And I want to tell you this, and I may not should say this, but if something don't change in this country pretty quick, God is going to have to go to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. I said maybe I shouldn't say that. But here's the interesting thing. Our country is going to get back to what it once was. And it's not about taking up arms. It's not about voting the right kind of people in. It's not about legislation or politics. It's not about what that text message says. It's about remembering God. It's about remembering Jesus Christ. It's about following Him, obeying Him, and living for Him. God tells us, go back to your text. Go back to Deuteronomy 8. What's the last verse I read? 18? 19. Was it, was it 19? Read, you got 19? Read, read it. And it shall be if thou do at all forget the, the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall, sure, shall surely perish. Did you get that? Did you get that? Thank you, Christy. I needed to get a drink. But I want you to focus on that part or you shall surely perish. What did I tell you about this country? has got to get back to the way it used to be. If you serve other gods, if you worship other gods, you will surely perish. So this, this evening, let's ask ourselves, do we live our lives as if there is no God? Are we serving the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are we serving ourselves? Who is seated on the throne in your heart? 
Who's in control of your life? Are you a functional atheist or are you following Christ? You know, from time to time, we like to sing that hymn. Very familiar hymn. The title of it is, I Surrender All. And in there it says, All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. But do we mean that? You need to look at that song. You know, a lot of times we sing it and I think it's just singing the words. We're not really paying attention to what that song says and what that song means. Maybe you're here this evening and you're saying to yourself, Pastor, if, if I'm being honest, I would have to say that there are things in my life that I haven't surrendered to God. There is something in my life that I truly love that I haven't surrendered to God. Maybe you're scared to do that. Maybe you're scared to surrender everything to God Because you think God might ask you to do something hard. Was it last week we talked about Abram? And God told him to leave his family, leave his country, and go where I show you. He didn't even tell him where he was going. What if God asked you to do that? What if God said, I want you to leave everything as you know it right now behind and I want you to go where I tell you or where I show you? 99% of us would probably say, you have got to be out of your ever-loving mind. There's no way I'm going to do that. What if He ask you to do something to take you out of your comfort zone? Those are all honest questions, folks. Very honest. And if you're kind of pondering those questions in your mind, and you're wondering, you need to look at verse 12 and 13 in our text today in Deuteronomy 8. And then I would like to encourage you, and I'm going to wrap this up, that God is good. He's a loving Father. And it's so much better to know Him and walk with Him and be in fellowship with Him than it is to be comfortable in this old world. It's better to be in His presence and His will than to have anything this world offers. You know why I say that? Because everything we know in this old world is going to pass away. It's not going to last. 
But eternity will. Heaven will. God will. Jesus will. So not only as we think about Memorial Day, do you remember those people that paid the ultimate sacrifice? You also remember, don't ever forget God and Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank You for this time that we've had today, Father. We certainly thank You for those servicemen and women that didn't come back, that did make that ultimate sacrifice, Father, so we could be the land of the free, Father, that we have the opportunity to come into Your house and to praise and worship You and not have to worry about what's going to transpire or being harassed. And Father, I pray that, that we go out now and, and we remember who You are and how important a relationship is with You. And we go out and shine as a light in this very dark world. Father, we thank You for loving us. We thank You for all the blessings that You give us, Father. I thank You for these folks that have taken time out of their schedules today to be here to praise and to worship You. Father, we just ask that You watch over us, You care for us, that You continue to, to protect us in this very challenging time that we live, Father, that each time we stumble and fall, that we sin against You, that we know it, Father, and we say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And then we get up and try to do better. Father, again, I want to pray for all the folks that we have on our prayer list. Lots of different folks going through uh, lots of different things, Father. And we just ask in Your Son's name that You meet each need that You not only bless these people, but You heal these people, You comfort these people. Father, whatever need, that You meet, meet that need. So Father, as we leave this place today, we just ask You guide and direct us. That You watch over us and help us be that seven day a week Christian, Father. In Your Son's name we pray. Amen.